Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. Elizabeth. Check it, check it. What up? You know it's ridiculous. I do. Oh, you oh, do. Do I? Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Is it a mashup? It's my kind of a mashup. Oh. You ready? Sure. Two great tastes that I think taste great together. Oh, really? Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's like right up. I thought you were like Burt Reynolds and Nutella. No, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and a bearskin rug. No. Uh, so one day. Burt Reynolds was eating dinner, right? And he's like, Nutella. It, he's in LA. He's just eating out of a jar of Nutella with uh-huh. a spoon in a restaurant. They're like, why do you come in here? He's like, I like the company. <laughs> but then he's like, okay. So Sinatra turned out to be in the same restaurant. He sees Burt Reynolds. At this point, Burt Reynolds is the most famous man in the world. He's been the, you know, he, for five years running, he was the biggest draw in Hollywood, right? Yeah. So Sinatra's like, oh, hey, Burt. And he sees him. He's like, you got to come back into the, you know, come, we're having a poker game. So come back inside the poker game. This is like a, a, a just a L.A. restaurant, right? Uh-huh. A Hardee's. Yeah, it's called Nikki Blair's, right? This place. So he goes. There's and, no Hardee's on the West Coast. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so Burt Reynolds goes back. And from his memoir, we know he finds Sinatra, quote, seated at a big round table in the middle of the kitchen with all the waiters and busboys rushing back and forth. Right. So it's like some kind of weird Goodfellas scene back there. Right. And Sinatra, he's playing five cards stud and he's the one that he's uh he's basically you know kind of running the game it's sinatra's mm-hmm. game so bert's you know yeah, i'll sit in with you guys you fellows mind a southerner playing with you so he's down <laughs> with them all of a sudden as soon as he starts to play poker there's this huge crash and he says a quote an unlucky busboy had dropped a tray of glassware so reynolds you know he's like trying to be a good guy he calls over the owner nikki blair and he's like hey hey you're yelling at that guy i don't need to yell at him yeah. sinatra sinatra takes a totally different approach he says how much do those glasses cost? The guy's like, hey, I don't know, Frank, a few bucks a piece. Sinatra looks at two of his bodyguards. He's like, hey. So they, they, they peel out $3,000 and they hand it to Nikki Blair. And he says, now bring me three grand worth of glasses, right? And as the confused <laughs> restaurateur starts sending in busboys with trays full of empty glasses. Sinatra, he looks at this guy. He goes, hey, what's the kid's name? He goes, oh, it's Hector. He's like, Hector, break him. 
The busboy did as he told and told the that the whole floor is covered in glass. He has Hector smash glass after glass. And then Frank tells Nikki, the owner, if I ever come in and don't see Hector, I'll never come back. Whoa. I love Frank Sinatra. That's awesome. Isn't that great? That's a great story. Yeah, so there you go. It's ridiculously yeah, great. It's ridiculously cool. Do you want to know what else is ridiculous? I'm here for it. Blaming your crimes on capitalism. Oh, wow. <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always, always 99% murder-free and always, always, always 100% ridiculous. That's all guarantee. Mm-hmm. It's November 2003. Zarin. Is it? I need to update Look my outside. calendars. Look out the window. The U.S. occupation of Iraq is gearing up and terribly bloody. Ooh. Understatement. 16-year-old Lionel Messi. Makes his official debut for Barcelona. I was going to say, the soccer player? He's in Iraq? 20, yeah, he is. Uh, the Concorde is about to make its last flight. Oh, right. And a man named Jan stands in a federal courtroom getting ready to plead guilty. Okay, I knew the of other what, ones. what, you asked? Yes, I knew the others. This Jan, I do not know. What? Who is this Jan, well, Elizabeth? let's find out, shall Please, we? Please, together? Who is this Jan? Who is this Jan? It's Jan uh, Lewandowski. I don't believe Jan Lewandowski. Jan Lewandowski. Jan Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Of course. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, Lewandowski. He was born in 1941 in Poland. Huh. And German-occupied Poland, I should say. That's actually Levon Helm's real name. It's Lewandowski Helm. Lewandowski. Exactly. Sorry, he shall God. be Levon. He was a precocious child. Okay. Uh, musically inclined from a very young age. So much so that his parents pulled him out of school and enrolled him at the Conservatory of Music in Gdansk, where the family lived. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, when he was 15, he got a job at a local music hall. Mm-hmm. And he had to use a fake ID because he had to be 18 to get the job. Okay. So he, they doctored it. It's like people who joined the military young. Right. It, but he he wanted to enlist in the, the music world. Yes. Um, he wanted to fight the dance war. Yes. So he's an excellent musician and performer. He performed and recorded in both Polish and Russian. And he's fluent in Polish, English, Russian, German. Hmm. Uh, so talent ran in his family. His aunt was an opera singer, too. Okay just like he was at that time. Um, but his aunt spilled the beans about the wild times and gallivanting that went on backstage, told the parents. Oh, I was wondering who she spilled the beans yeah, to. Yeah, she spilled the beans to, to the, the parents. parents. Ah. So she went in, dumped the beans on the floor, and was They're all like, We don't want out. these beans for our child. Get an eye, fool. Um, <laughs> so... Like, they're looking at the beans, and they're like, oh, my God, that's what happens? But yikes. That'll corrupt poor Levon. Yeah, don't show him. So Jan's parents, um, they found out that things got a little loose, mm-hmm. and they wanted to tighten it up. So his dad, his dad's job is amazing. He was a model shipbuilder for future sailors. He taught them how to make model ships. Like the ones in, bo- in bottles? Yes, I, I don't know. Like, does he make the, the ships in bottles? I don't think they were in bottles. Oh, you're talking about the, the models you make so people understand, like, how a yeah. sailboat works. They have right. to build the sailboat? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's yes. his job. That's so he different... teaches that, but he's like Those are like the amazing... wooden ones that sit on a wooden little Yeah, and he's, but he's platform. this amazing model shipbuilder. Okay. That's a calling. Totally, with the ropes and everything? It's totally. not easy. With the the ropes rigging? and the chains. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he he pushed Jan. They excite me. I don't know, Elizabeth. He pushed the wind. Uh, he pushed Jan into a more practical trade than singing for his supper. So for two years in his early teens, Jan went to watchmaking school. 
Okay. His dad's like, look, I have blown my eyesight out making these model ships. I want you to ruin your eyesight doing <laughs> Something these little new. watches. Uh, Jan, he had to serve his compulsory two years in the military at 18. Okay. Luckily, he got assigned to the army, and they had an entertainment branch. Hmm. So it's be like, like in band? special entertainment unit. Yeah, we have that too. Totally. So his career took off when he gets out of the service because, you know, he's kind of like, you know, honed his craft, and everyone knows who he is at this point. It's like Johnny Cash. Yeah, he played <laughs> totally sure. Uh, he was in the Air Force, you know, and then he gets out, and all of a sudden he becomes Polish. Johnny Cash. Uh, so uh, Jan, he played in music halls, and he sang as a tenor. Okay, uh, in Poland, and then all, then eventually all over Northern Europe, and he became a bit of a celebrity, and even performed for Soviet premier Nikita Khrushchev in hmm. 1961. Johnny Cash was the first person to let everyone know Joseph Stalin died. Yeah, he was he the first was. person in English to know that. Because he did it? No, because he was m- monitoring the wire, so he got to hear oh, the wow. reports from the Soviet side. See, look at they're look, like hand just, in hand. I'm telling you, they're walking the like, left they're foot, right foot the through lines, history. Aaron. They're walking the line. <laughs> okay, so back to Jan. Yes, please. So Jan performed with the National Philharmonic in Warsaw, and then he started taking drama courses. He's like, you know what? Beans are spilled. I don't care. I'm going to dance right on them. I got to live my truth. Yeah. So he's going to dance like the beans are watching. So (laughs) this new craft got him a spot in the Warsaw uh, Serena Theater, which then led to a North American tour. Nice. Good for him. Building up steam. So he's doing like the Bolshoi Ballet of Poland. Pretty much. And at this point, he's shortened his name. So he's going by Jan Levon. Oh, that's fun. Jan Levon. Jan Levon. Jan Levon. Jan Levon. Yeah, you're spending the weekend with Jan Levon. (laughs) So during his stop in Chicago on this North American tour in 1972, okay. he bought himself a sweet ride, ostensibly to like ship back to Poland. Uh, he'd saved up $750 mm-hmm. and he used it to buy a yellow 1962 Ford Falcon. Ooh, I know. Wow. 750 bucks. A yellow Ford Falcon. I it's like it. a Ford Falcon for Futura. I want to teletransport and get one and then teletransport it back there <laughs> for 750 It was a total bucket, right? But it ran, yeah, so no. whatever. Um, it's a Ford. But he wasn't... <laughs> Although I've kind of, I've defected from the Ford. Oh, wait, what? Well, I don't drive a Ford anymore. I got smashed to bits. You don't drive a My Ford anymore. My car was totaled oh, by right. a ding-dong. You don't drive a Ford anymore. I can't make fun of you. No, I drive a sweet Subaru. Wait, Chevy versus Subaru doesn't have the same Because Subaru will beat everybody. So what, now I got to like take a, like the side of Toyota against Subaru? What Subaru beats everybody. This doesn't work for me, Elizabeth. It's so safe. I bet There's it like is. There's like 9 million airbags. It. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I going to say? So... He he wasn't going to ship the car back to Poland, though. Yeah, no, he's got this sweet yellow Ford like, Falcon. Well, yeah, but everyone's like, oh, are you going to buy that and ship it back? He's like, mm, maybe. So, but he had already said a formal goodbye to his parents back in Poland. Oh, I'm catching he's like, it. like, mother, father. It was nice to know you. I'm off with the beans. <laughs> and so he knew what he was going to do. As the troop made its way to the Canadian border, mm-hmm. Jan slipped away in his Falcon and just started driving. Ying, ying, ying. Oh, so he's following like the tour uh-huh. bus. He's like, guys, I bought a, I bought a cool car, but I got to figure out a way to ship it. I'll just follow you. Yeah. And then he just peels out and <laughs> I made a left driving. at the wrong turn. He goes to Niagara Falls. Of course. And he threw himself at the mercy of immigration. I see, there's a border crossing there. Yeah, he wanted to defect. Yeah. Oh. And he wanted the North American dream. So he tried to defect into into America at the border crossing or into Canada. Canada. He tried Canada. to go into Canada. Yeah. He's okay. like, please, please. So he gets accepted by the Canadian government. Please, oh, yeah. please. Like, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. It's the seventies. Why not? And you you can be a landed immigrant. Congratulations. Hmm. And so that let him get a job. So he got a job as a janitor in a meatpacking firm in Toronto. Oof, that's Yum. rough. That's terrible. So this is what Jan later said about it. 
Quote, I'm not ashamed of that. I know no English then. They give me a chance. Yeah, no, it's nothing to be ashamed no, of, but it's exactly. definitely a, but it's, a hard drop hard. from like performing music you love He's to like just chop up this pig. Skittering all over the stage, and now they're like, pick up the guts. Yeah, like, can and you sweep no up the entrails? It's like two in the morning, and it smells terrible. Yeah, Jean Claude said, it's your turn. You're never going to get your hands clean again. <laughs> so. You know, but he, so he's building this life. Jan yeah. even met and married a nice Canadian woman. Okay, good but for him. But they later divorced, boo-hoo. No, oh, good for Whatever. her. Whatever. I don't know how um, to play on this one. So, you're like, where where are you going with this? <laughs> uh, so there's like this divey hippie club in town okay. that was undergoing a transformation. It was in its chrysalis stage. Oh, we're in the 70s too, so it was divey. Well, the management, they saw the changing times. They wanted to reinvent it as a piano bar. <laughs> and luckily there was a star in their midst. Uh, Jan got hired to perform oh, at the yes. piano bar. He got all dressed up in, I'm not joking here, a sparkly sequin jacket. What? Like shades of Liberace. Oh, yes. And then he took the stage. Also shades of Marty and Elaine from L.A., yes. the Dresden room. Yes. So the problem was that the bar may have changed, but the clientele had not. Mm. It was full of dirty hippies. Ah. And not, like, the way it's described in various accounts, I think they were less flowers-in-your-hair hippies and more stones at Altamont hippies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was it was dark matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dark, dark energy. The, the patrons, they did not care for Jan's set. No. They weren't feeling it. They threw bottles at the stage. Oh, wow. It's like Blues Angry Brothers. hippies. Yeah, this is what Jan had to say about it. Quote, the only song in English that I knew was the green, green grass of home. Ooh. Every five minutes, I sang the green, green grass of home. <laughs> they kept yelling for Johnny Be Good. My name is John. I said, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Johnny Be Good. <laughs> Dying. You don't understand. This is the best I know. <laughs> like, I can't be good. Do you like songs in Polish? <laughs> so the police were called. Oh, it wow. Got so out oh, because the violence. Yeah. Because yeah, so, the piano playing. I was like, right, they, they're like, please, no more green, green grass of home. <laughs> we're calling the cops. Johnny Be Good. He's like, I'm being good. Okay. So the police come in, they mm -hmm. roll in, they split the room into men on one side and women on the other. Okay. I know. They're like, where is this going? Um, but you know they made long hair jokes of like, I don't know what side you go on. Oh, good anyway, point. But the cops, the, the cops didn't care about Jan. Uh, they cared about drugs. And so they searched. And Dre. Everything. They never forget about Dre, They never Dre, forget about Dre. Uh, they searched everyone for product and then they, you know, went on their ways. Jan was not discouraged. He kept playing. He kept saving. He saved money to buy instruments and then he managed to learn English completely. In 1975, he made it back to Poland, hmm. uh, or so he claims, because he said he traveled on a visa, but I'm not sure that was possible for him as a landed immigrant, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how that plays. He tells a lot of stories. Mm. Things get fuzzy. That's uh, on this show. Yeah, right. Hello. Um, anyway, he went there to gather a troop to bring back for a Canadian tour of his own. He's just going to like, you know what? It's all about me now. Huh. Uh, all eyes on me. <laughs> so uh, he'd rented halls just all one across. name on the marquee. Yawn. <laughs> Yawn. Uh, Y-A-W-N. Um, no, J-A-N. I got it. So, I see what I did? Okay. Uh, so, Jan, he's so positive that he's just going to, like, create this whole this whole group and they're mm -hmm. going to tour. So, he goes ahead and he rents halls all across Canada to bring Polish talent to the maple-loving masses. Okay. They're ready for it. Back in Poland. So, he heads to Poland. He's like, I'm the Mikhail Brishnikov of Poland. Yeah, I'm just like, going to bring that vibe. It was like, oh, let's load like, up the dance hall. sausages. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me go get some dudes. I'll be BRB. <laughs> dudes in tights and I'll be right back, y'all. <laughs> so, he goes to Poland. Mm -hmm. Has he, he runs into trouble. Oh. Literally. 
Uh, he drove through a construction site at night and he crashed into a streetlight. Oh, literally, 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 literally. That's what I'm saying when I say it. I mean it. So his he had his in, he had all these injuries. He had to have multiple surgeries. So Ooh. he was in the hospital for like a month. Damn. Right. And then so then he's broke. He's unable to perform. He had to cancel the tour and he goes into debt because he owes. You know, he he's mm-hmm. paid all this money out, but all wasn't lost. Here's a quote from the Edmonton Journal, December twenty first, nineteen seventy seven. At last, though, the Polish singer, who is currently entertaining in the Chateau Lacombe's Chevalier Grill, is beginning to see some of his dream come true. Having learned English and putting together a new show to appeal to more than just Polish audiences, he's booked for Canadian nightclub appearances well into 1979. Wow. So he turned it around. He's like, he got strong again. He, you know, practices pipes. He's Mm -hmm. good to go. Uh, it was a successful run. He appealed to more than just Polish audiences. At the end of the tour run, he, he headed to the United States. He's like, Canada, it's been real. I love you. But Do we have any idea what his stage show is? He, he's singing and he's got like dancers behind him doing like, like folk dance? No, or? they're all playing. He doesn't have any dancers at this point. Okay. They're playing like Polish folk songs. Okay, so it's just other singers. So it's like kind of like a Buena Vista social club, but Ka- for yeah, Poland. exactly. Right. So at the end of the tour run, he goes to the United States. He's a little taken aback at how hard it was to achieve success in the U.S. Hmm. He said, quote, Radio Free Europe, they put the wrong things in the minds of people. They made it sound like everything is there for the taking. They don't say that you have to go out and work. Nobody will take care of you. You have to do it on your own. Well, like, doy. Anyway. Is that like a, like a communism holdover? He's like, wait a minute. Wait, Nothing I... was given to me over here. I get over to America. They're like, look, you're going to have to earn everything here or else Basically, that's we'll what kick happened. you out of the country. That's what happened. So he discovered that you have to work hard for success. He also discovered polka music. Oh, yeah. But Elizabeth, Jan is from Poland. Yes. And he's a musician. How is he just discovering polka that's music? That's a really good question, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking, Elizabeth. You're so welcome. So here's what he had to say. Yes. Quote, I'd never heard polka before. Polka was born in the U.S. with some Polonized English words. Oh, so it's like the Chinese food we eat. It's not. It, it was invented well, in America, but it pretends like it's from the whole country. He's not correct, but he's not wrong. Oh, so polka did exist. Polka isn't Polish. It's Czech. Oh, or more it's specifically, Bavarian. Yeah, more specifically, it's Bohemian. Bohemian, so Bavarian, that's, Bohemian. That's my grandpanemics yes, people. I said the wrong B. Bohemian. So it's now part of Czechia, Czech mm-hmm. Republic. But when it was Bohemia. Pol- uh, polka was born. It mm-hmm. produced the dulcet tones of polka. That the was their dance tones. music. That's kind. Thank you. Uh, so the name polka comes from the Czech word for Polish women, huh. but it also refers to polka, which means half. And that talks about like the two four timing because it's half oh, time, half time. Huh. and the sort of half jump of the associated dance. Oh, okay. Do you know what the first authentic polka hit was? Polka, 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 the John Candy song? <laughs> Uncle Nimra bought a white horse. Oh, that's a heck of a title. Isn't it? Uncle they had the best. A white horse. It was in 1830. Uh-huh. It was a banger. It later evolved into the Miami Big Bass Sound. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of Miami, here's what Barbara Marshall of the Palm Beach Post had to say about Jan and Polka. Quote, ambitious and adaptable, he immediately understood the bouncy strains of polka, made people happy, especially the descendants of Eastern European immigrants in the Northeast and Midwest. They loved Luan's enthusiasm and heavily accented English. I have a friend who uh, is from the Pennsylvania area, from PA, and he loves polka 
like not in any like ironic like oh i'm from pa i love polka he does love it and he'll up out there and he'll call me from like any polka festival he's at because like mm-hmm. i have a joking love of polka not like his actual love and he's like <laughs> polka's hot here and he's like polka polka in the background playing it's like are you kidding me so there are people who love this stuff from that area oh, yeah totally it is like you know when you hear like to a 25-year-old uh, Latino cat listening to music that sounds like it's coming from a 70-year-old's car because it's yeah. like really traditional, like Mexican, oh, no. like a ballad. You're going to find out. Polka's the same. You're going to find out oh, for real. how deep it runs. Let's yes. take a break. When we come back, we're going to go more into the polka. Polka. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Zaren. Hello, Elizabeth. How you doing? I'm polking over here. Uh, polka. Polka, 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 polka. So Jan Luan. Yes. Uh, he took polka and just opened her up. <laughs> uh, he became known as the polka king. We're having a polka party here today. <laughs> he's the polka king. He's the polka king. Yes, he's the polka king. Did you know that he's sung for four presidents: Reagan, Clinton. I think I know who this cat is. Bush Senior yes. and Trump. Well, you know, whatever. What can and you do? former Polish president Lech Walesa. Okay, there you yeah. go. So Jan, he joined a polka trio. Ooh, which one? The name of the band? Yes. Nirvana. <laughs> I don't know the name of the band. Okay. Um, so he and the other two polka knots. The police. The polka the police. police. 
Uh, he played piano and mm-hmm. a chain of hotels in Canada. And at one of his performances, the owners of the meatpacking company that he worked for as a janitor, mm-hmm. Leona and Henry Kreisel, yeah, they saw Jan perform mm-hmm. and they loved him. Of Quote, course, meatpackers. Yeah, makes they, perfect they sense. They said, we thought he was fabulous. He was one of the best singers I'd heard in Polish. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Kreisels, right? They asked Jan to perform for an American Cancer Society telethon in Pennsylvania. Nice. There it is. PA. PA. It was a fateful event. Uh, for it is there that Jan met 18-year-old Rhonda Ma- uh, Mahalik. Okay. Rhonda. 18-year-old Rhonda was just sitting in the audience waiting to see 40-year-old Jan take the stage. Ah, one of those May-December romances <laughs> exactly. we all hear so much Here's about. Here's how she tells it. Out comes Jan, all energy. Yeah, I bet. Uh, given the old oompa oompa. Uh, so Jan is like, he always wrapped up his show by dancing with and singing to expressly one person in the audience. Oh, um, interesting. And at the dance telethon, the lucky lady was Rhonda. Okay. So he, you know, Rhonda, though, at the time, she was the current 1980 Miss Polka Sunnybrook of Pottstown. Oh. That's her title. Of course you're going to draw, she, be drawn to her. She was wearing the Ms. banner. Miss Polka? Yeah, she's wearing the banner gown and crown to prove it when he whisked her on stage. Oh, well, come Courtney on. Cox style. Yeah. He serenaded her style. with O Sole Mio. That is not a polka that song. That is not. So, like, the, anyway. <laughs> the Sole Mio version in polka. Amazing. amazing. Uh, so the following year. He, I want that in Carmen. Sorry, go on. <laughs> in 81, he makes her his wife. Of course he did. Yeah. They had two kids, Daniel oh. and Amber Lee. Mm-hmm. And they did that in two weeks because Rhonda had an abnormally short gestation period. What? <laughs> Just, she's normal. The polka queen is wild. She's normal. Okay, back to the Chrysles, though. Okay. Uh, the ones who own the meatpacking business, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Okay. They were absolutely charmed by Jan that day. How do we know this? How do we know this, Elizabeth? I'll tell you. Leona Chrysal said, quote, he was a smashing hit that day. That's how we That's know how this. That's how we know, Leona totally Chrysal. Thank you, Leona. So she and her husband, they may have opened a business in Canada, but they were Americans living in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Okay. Polish enclave, from my understanding. Oh, interesting. I didn't um, know. And they wanted Jan to enjoy what they had, American citizenship. Oh, there it is. I thought it was going to be like wall-to-wall carpeting. Well, probably that too. Shag rugs, yawn. Bathroom Shag- carpeting. <laughs> exactly. Orf. You need this when you get... Anyway. <laughs> in 1987, they sponsored a bid for Jan's uh, citizenship. Mm-hmm. And they thought he was the perfect example of the American dream. This, Leona keeps talking. Here's more from her. Jan is a very brilliant business person, not only in the entertainment world. He has a background of being able to adapt himself. If I went to Poland, I would never be able to master what this person has. Interesting metric. I'm just using myself to make sense of the world, and he is better at being an American (laughs) than I am at being Polish. Exactly. Well, thank you, Leona. I'm glad we got that straight. But, like, he gets his papers. And then once he has the papers, he gained momentum. He assembled an even bigger band. Nice. Good for him. He brought in accordion players, horn sections, and keyboards. I hope he moved to Pittsburgh. How did he Don't exist? let that go to waste. How did he exist as a polka band without an accordion player up to that point? It's I was hard. wondering that, actually. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's you got said like the a, piano. I was like, wait a minute. He got like a full-time heavy-duty accordion player. Huh. So um, when I say a bigger band, I mean it, Zarin. Yeah. Not playing around. How big are we talking, Elizabeth? He had 64 musicians <gasps> in the Jan Luan Orchestra. That's not a big band. That's like a That's like a marching you big band. band. And he put on about 50 shows a year. Okay. He had like three triangle players. Dude, how many 
buses did they need for that band? Well, they played glamorous venues like Trump's Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Oh, I'm sure. sure. They, they, I'm sure they also play the Iowa State Fair. Well, no, they hit resorts in the Catskills and the Poconos. Okay. I mean, that's the sweet spot right there. What about, like, you know, uh, different parts of Ohio and the, the, sure. the various Great Lakes area? I'm sure they did. You know, Jan Luan, he wanted to make sure everyone was getting polka-sized. <laughs> uh, you know, there are other polka guys out there at the time. Oh, yes, yes, big ones. John Stanky of the polka band, The Coal Miners. Mm, the Stank. He puts the Stank John on that Stanky. polka. This is what he had to say about Jan. He's a hardworking man. That's See? an important quote. It's honest. Stanky had a wife. Mrs. Stanky. Dottie Stankovic. Dottie Stankovic. Okay. And Dottie helped Jan with the paperwork to join the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. Okay, good like for big her. Leagues. Yeah. And then on December 1st, 1987... The Jan Luan Orchestra was contacted by that very same National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences Incorporated. No. Yeah. Apparently, Jan and co. were eligible for nomination for the 30th Annual Grammy Awards hmm. for two categories. Category 45, which was polka. Okay. Makes and sense. Category, and the, the general field category for their latest album, Don't You Worry. Really? Yeah. They got a general nom. Mm -hmm. nice. So is what Jan said. This is my first time nominated. Uh, he also added that the nomination would, quote, help promote the band, help sell records. You said 87. 87. So he's going up against like John Bon Jovi? And like Los Lobos. Yeah, okay. Um, so he got his ballot in the mail and he gets nine votes and he cast one for himself. And this is what he said, quote, I also vote for Tony Bennett. He's the best. Anyone who wants to learn how to sing should listen to him. I did send him a letter that I vote for him. Who knows? He might vote for me. <laughs> R.I.P. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, daddy. Class act. I love him. Uh, so here's a spoiler alert. Jan didn't win. No. But it got him the exposure that he needed. The Good. Waldorf Astoria reached out to him, as well as promoters of the Bethlehem Music Fest. Big in PA. Big in PA. He said, more jobs, good jobs. That's yes. what he said about it. <laughs> Literally. Okay, so as the jobs st started rolling Man in. Man of few words. More, more jobs, good jobs. Uh, Jan started a new venture, a travel company. Mm, travel with Polka? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he and his wife, they open this travel company and they lead tours to Poland. Uh -huh. And then fans in Hazleton and even beyond, they book trips with him to see his homeland and like soak up the atmosphere. Mm. And the trips were really for Polish Americans to discover their roots. Okay. You know, a lot of these Irish ones. Like Everyone's like, oh, I'm Irish. You're like, you have yeah. no idea what goes on in Ireland. <laughs> You're not Irish. Um, Just get to the IRA and go back to America. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't call yourself. Anyway. Um, so, you know, it's like I have all these like friends from elementary school who, you know, have like uh, their parents, I'm Irish. And it's like shamrocks yeah. all over the house. Uh -huh. And like, you go, you go so far back, and like that's the first time you're setting foot in there. You don't know what it's not all shamrocks and leopard. Anyway, okay, I'm going <laughs> um, so but he's doing the Polish version of this, yes. where they're like polka, and he's like, all right, I'll show you the real thing. Um, but you know, Jan's like soaking up the benefits of celebrity. This is what he said about the trips. Now I travel in Poland like a king. Four or five buses with my name on each. A polka king. Bus names. Uh, so during these trips. When you come for the polka king, you he, best not miss. <laughs> he, he goes on these trips, and while he's there, he bought Polish souvenirs. Mm -hmm. They're cheap as chips because, like, Soviet factories are, you know, liquidating all their inventory because, okay. you know, communism starting to it's on the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he was buying, like, an item for 20 cents that he could sell in the States for $20. Hmm. Giant markup. He bought um, Polish crystal, gold and amber jewelry. The amber was the big thing. Like Amber? The, yeah, a lot of Polish amber. Native costumes and dolls. Huh. That was the big thing. 
So he sold his stuff at merch tables at his concerts, uh, and it sold like crazy. I bet it did. Uh, They had, like, the doll taped to the wall like you do a (laughs) T-shirt. So he kept buying more and more, and then so much so that he and his wife decided to open up their own shop, Yan Luan Show Gifts, at 21st and Church Street in Hazleton. Whoa. Right there. So Jan published a 48-page newsletter. So now he's got a merch table as a, st- as a store. Yeah, he has his own little Polish gift shop. That's great. Uh, he, would, he published a 48-page newsletter to send to his mailing list of 27,000 fans. Okay. And then he started a mail order catalog for the gift shop. Hmm. And he also had a Hazleton radio show on WXPX AM 1300. Great channel. And actually until recently had a TV show. Uh, So pretty soon, he expanded beyond just Poland for his Euro trips. He started taking people to Italy, mainly to see one person. Pope Jean Paul Due? Yep. Giovanni Paul Due. Fellow Polish countryman. Yes. So the tour group, they weren't just like going to stand in St. Peter's Square and look up at Il Papa on the balcony with like throngs of other tourists, Mm -hmm. you know, and faithful. Uh, He promised his clients an audience with the Pope himself. Personally. And a papal audience is not easy to come no, by. No, it is not. No. That's expensive. But see, here's the thing. You got to be really rich. Yeah. <laughs> Jan had been fundraising for the Pope's Papal Foundation. Oh. Kicking money That'll over there. That'll do it. And then as a thank you, yeah, he like, gets an audience. So uh, Jan's tour groups traveled to see Pope John Paul II more than 20 times. Oh. Each time, Jan would hand the Pope a bouquet of red roses. And so it's not just like a one-off. <laughs> And there's a kielbasa. Uh, Every, like, it's not just one. Yeah, he's going 20 times. times. That was their thing, though, the red roses. He even once shared a beer with the pontiff. No. Yeah. I didn't even know he drank. Sippy, sippy. Apparently, Jan's quoted as saying, like, oh, he doesn't drink to get drunk. But, you know, we shared a beer. I mean, I know he drinks wine. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. Um, He has to. It's kind of in the gig. It's like every Sunday I got to take down a little wine. Um, But so anyway, this becomes a huge draw for the tours. If you're Mm -hmm. like, I... Man, crap. Yeah, I meeting the pope, the pope and getting a beer with him? Okay, yeah. Obviously, that wasn't in the well, brochure. For, for Polish-American Catholics, that's like the most mind-blowing vacation possible. Pretty much. Uh, going to Europe, meeting mm-hmm. the Pope with their favorite polka crooner. Yeah, exactly. Bunch of polka knots. So, over <laughs> the 30 years, Jan took over 5,000 people on these tours. Wow. Yeah. Two of those people were John Katerba and his father, they were also Polish Americans. Um, they were in on the ground floor. They went on one of the early trips. Um, Koterba, he was a videographer in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. He filmed the tour and he sold tapes to other tourists and to fans. He said, quote, it was a great business for me. And Jan liked it because it was good advertising, hmm. as we said. So uh, he wound up going on 72 European trips with Jan. The videographer. Uh-huh. And he filmed every single one. Damn. Jan, he bought in 100% to the American dream and the American ethos of bigger is better. Yes. All about it. Get rich or die trying. There could always be bigger, more expensive trips to Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, There could always be another floor to the gift shop. Okay. There could always be a bigger gift shop on a bigger piece of land. There Mm -hmm. could be a bigger tour, bigger selection of gifts. Second videographer. Sure. (laughs) Four or five bigger side businesses, right? So at this point, he had JRD Productions, Mm -hmm. Jan Luan Orchestra, Jan Luan Show Gifts, Baltic Amber Jewelry, the Amber Factory, and he had his travel company. So and Jan Luan's men's undergarments. Yes, exactly. The tidy whities uh, So he wanted to expand the amount of stuff that he was bringing in from Poland because the markup was just too good. I bet. But he needed money to buy those goods, so he turned to his fans. Mm-hmm. He offered promissory notes intended as investments 
that he said would guarantee to return 12% interest with a balloon to 20. Uh-oh. Right, right there. That's unheard <laughs> you can of. hear it. <laughs> I can smell it. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, oh I'm gathering it in. Is that fresh? Like, it's a Ponzi scheme. Yes. Is, is oh, that my goodness. Like Ponzi scheme in here? This is a Ponzi. It's right in my nose. Yeah. It's a bite. And it's, it's one a, of those smells, once it's in your nose, you it's really forget. hard to yeah. get out. Yeah. It's like burnt toast. Totally. So in the 80s, Jan sold over $2 million in unregistered promissory notes, most of them to Slavic American seniors yeah. who either lived in Hazleton or were just like super fans oh all over the, the region. And of course, the monthly dividends were paid for by new investors. Uh-huh. And when the investment slowed, it all fell apart. Uh, Jan's later excuse was that he grew up under communism. <laughs> That's he, my excuse, he too. Said, he said he just didn't know how capitalism worked. <laughs> Sorry, I don't get it. I, he had no idea that what he was doing was illegal, because in Soviet Poland, securities register you. I thought... <laughs> so, 1998, things start to unravel, but with an unlikely source. Yes. Zarin, yeah. close your eyes. Oh, I'm over here with my Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> Give me a second. Okay, my eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. Yes. It's May 9th, 1998, and you, Zarin, are the host of the Mrs. Pennsylvania pageant. You're about to take the stage at the host resort in East Lampeter Township, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Hello, hello. This is Cutthroat Business, the Mrs. Pennsylvania pageant. 21 contestants. And again, Mrs., not the Miss. Mm. Mrs. Pennsylvania. 21 contestants, all good wives and mothers, are all dolled and trussed up, ready to be appraised by four judges. As the canned orchestra music swells, you look upon the contestants, all lined up in their sequin gowns, their glossy lipstick, their sensible pumps. A glittering fever dream. What have I done with my life to end up here, you ask yourself? Where did I go wrong? Where did I go right? It's but a fleeting thought in your brain. You shake it off and you pat your blow-dried hair. Uh Give me the Sajak, you barked at the hair and makeup gal. (laughs) You adjust your rented tuxedo and you stare out at the crowd. You get your cue and you walk onto the stage, followed by 21 contestants. The audience responds in polite applause, the occasional hoot or whistle. You clear your throat. Ladies and gentlemen, the judges have tallied their votes, and we have a winner. First, let me thank our pageant organizers, Denise and John Becker, Nancy May, and Donna Hex Fox. There's a smattering of applause. The organizers are all from New Jersey, but you don't mention this. They give you a bad vibe, something slightly sinister. And now for the big reveal, our first runner-up is... Rita Marie Rowley! Rita walks over to you with a pained smile on her face, trying to mask her disappointment. The audience claps as she does a small turn and then stands beaming with one hand on her hip. And now, your 1998 Mrs. Pennsylvania! You milk the pause as the drum roll builds. The tension could be cut with a Ginzu knife. Rhonda Luan! The crowd applauds, but not as boisterously as you would have thought. Her small group of polka-loving friends and family, led by her husband Jan, the polka king, they celebrate, but the rest of the crowd is relatively quiet. The other contestants shoot each other side-eyed glances. Rita, the first runner-up, lets out a stuttering, unbelieving chuckle. (laughs) Uh, In your opinion, Rhonda Luan isn't the best-looking lady on stage, but perhaps the judges were blown away by her personality. Although, what you've seen backstage is that she's a tremendously unkind person. Ah. So who knows? Rhonda steps forward into the spotlight and waves to the crowd. A woman steps out and places a sash over Rhonda's head and hands her a trophy. You tell her that what she's won. Rhonda, in addition to the title of Mrs. Pennsylvania, you've also won a three-piece luggage set and a camcorder valued at $1,300. 
Rhonda looks at you with cold eyes while her husband scurries up and presents her with a huge bouquet of flowers. You look down and you see the judges conferring, passing their notes back and forth. You've just witnessed the rigging of the Mrs. Pennsylvania pageant. (laughs) It's shocking and it's far from over. How will this resolve itself and when are we getting an actual crime? You're asking yourself. (laughs) Hang on to your wig hat, Zolcroft. Uh, When we get back from this commercial break, all will be revealed. Oh, sweet. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Darren, hmm. man, Elizabeth. man alive. Those ads just get better every time. I'm telling you. Can was, we just play them again? Well, sometimes I listen to the show just to skip the parts where you're talking, Zarin, uh-huh. and uh, listen course. to the ads. Oh, I can see that. That's why. That's what the jump forward 30 seconds button is for. My mother does the same thing. I, I wish they'd invent an app that cut the content out of podcasts and just leave the ads. No, oh, you know, they do have that. Can we get on that, scientists? Can that be a thing? It is a thing. Yeah. We can put a man on the moon and change the weather as space lasers, but we just can't get those sweet, sweet uncut ads. Just all ads all the time. Ads. Ah, where was I? Rhonda. Rhonda. So Rhonda. Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Help, <laughs> help me, Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda wins the pageant. Oh. Yay. But it didn't last long. Oh. The judges conferred, and they realized that their votes did not equal the crown for Rhonda. Hmm. Not even close. In fact... With the votes that were actually, you know, offered like up, cast, she would have come mm-hmm. in last place. Wait, there's four judges. Yeah. Did so they have this. more than four votes? I don't know. They had like different categories. Oh, like so the ranking. Suit. Okay, so she did well. Yeah, and, okay. and like the wet t-shirt part. And the talent competition, she got one yeah, star. Yeah, and the, like the shooting range. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, what she did, re- she came in first though, for real, and fundraising. Because the contestants, they had to sell ad space in the pageant program. Wait, what? In addition to their $375 entrance fee. 
This is just a scam on it's a scam. It's a 100% scam. So they had to sell at least one $400 one-page ad in the program. So there's a $700 entrance fee. Yeah. That's pretty much what you're telling me. Well, you go to, you know, you go to a local business. You're like, hey, yeah. you know, sure. hardware but I'm store. Sure, the 400 and the 317 or whatever the yeah, first one was. That's yeah, that's the minimum that the that the um, producers of the show yeah, are breaking, uh-huh. the organizers. Rhonda sold 10. Wow, look at her. She sold 10 ads, way, way more than everyone else. She wanted it. She went and shook down all the businesses. Six of the contestants heard about the judge's note of their discrepancy, because the judges, they're talking. Mm -hmm. And the contestants filed a complaint that the scores had been tampered with. It was a scandal, to be sure. In the end, the four organizers were charged with altering the judge's score to make Rhonda the winner. The shady New Jersey organizers? Can you believe that? They caught theft charges because theft. the contestants paid entry fees oh, expecting a fair fight. There you go. Yeah. That would be theft. This didn't resolve itself until five years later in 2003. What? And that's when a three-member Lancaster County arbitration panel awarded Rita Marie Rowley with the title and the prizes. Are you kidding me? They didn't give her the damages for emotional distress, pain, and suffering that she wanted, but she was entitled to the trophy, the luggage, and the camcorder. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> they so, gave her a five-year-old camcorder? <laughs> like, Here you well, go. They, no, they didn't give it to her. That She had to chase it down. She's like, I know I'm never going to get it, but at least they I have the title. <laughs> yeah. She just wanted the title. She wanted the sash. Yeah. The, and the three-piece luggage. Okay, so a lot happened, though, between the pageant and that settlement. Oh, yeah, you could say. So December 2000, the Pennsylvania Securities Commission came calling. Ooh. They got wind of his security sales, and they pulled the plug. Hmm. So Jan was barred from offering or selling securities in Pennsylvania. Okay. And he agreed. He's like, fine. He's like, sure. Then tragedy struck January 26, 2001. Jan's tour bus crashed head on into a bridge column on I-95 in South Carolina, Oof. which is like a crazy stretch of I-95. Okay. Um, it's drive like maniacs. And it's all like, that's the section of I-95 that's like not maintained. Yeah, it's when you're trying to get somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, the What's the place with the sombrero, whatever. Oh, yeah. What is that place? I forget what it's called. But anyway, it's like mildly offensive. Um, so they were actually going south. They're on their way to Florida for mm-hmm. a six-show stand. The trumpet player was driving, and he fell asleep. Uh, two musicians died in the wreck. Oof. It was very sad. Sorry to that. A trombone player named John Stabinski and an accordion player named Thomas Karras. Uh, Jan was injured, and his son Daniel was in super bad shape. He was really injured. So he was in the hospital for some time, and Jan was just beside himself. I super bet. depressed. It's horrible. On the business side of things, with his band out of commission, Jan had no income and no way to cover the promissory notes that he was still issuing. Oh. So it seems that when Pennsylvania told him to knock it off, he took his operation to Delaware instead. <laughs> he got himself a little Delaware corporation <laughs> kind of going. Yes, exactly. And don't forget, the original investors thought they'd be getting a 20% return. Yes, which is insane. So much for that, yeah. So they are it's either nuts. suckers or not new. They're new to investing. Yeah, one or why not both? Um, so Jan still believed at that point, like he said he, he thought he would never get caught or get in trouble if it weren't for the pageant legal costs and the accident. He's like, huh. that messed me up. I would not have ever had if a problem. If it weren't for that. So, yeah. So he totally stopped working so he could help nurse his son back to health. The investors were impatient. So many of them had poured everything they had into the scheme, and now they're worried they're never going to see a dime. So they asked the authorities to help them get their money back. Oof. Jan responded by filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. So that's reorganization, Chapter 11. It's like a trustee oversees the operation of the business, makes sure that the money that's made goes right, goes to pay off the creditors. That's like value time and then put your debtors in in order. Exactly. And so, but you still have the business running Mm -hmm. the whole time. Uh, Jan listed his debts at $3.3 million. 
so that got him in the door for chapter 11, but you have to have a functioning business for chapter 11. Oh. So no tours, no suckers. Uh, there's no, business. no engine in the truck. Yeah. yeah. So he had to shift over to Chapter 7 bankruptcy. He can't just run through the shop because no. that's not the business in question. Well, and he can't stock the shop yeah. because he can't get – yeah. So he goes to Chapter 7. That's mm-hmm. where assets are liquidated to pay off the creditors yeah, and the debtors left with – The more traditional what you think of when yeah. you think of bankruptcy. Well, and very much like a, for a personal bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, a lot of the creditors know that they're not going to get anything or maybe just pennies on the dollar. But that's official lenders and credit cards and such. They can, you know, they can write it off. Individuals who trusted this polka icon aren't really in a position to eat that debt. No. Uh, so when especially aged ones, I mean, they were talking primarily yeah. an older population. And a lot of them had to have their their grown children advocate for them in all this. Oh, okay. Um, when asked why he kept selling the promissory notes even after he was told not to. He said, quote, I surrounded myself with the wrong people, and I didn't listen to people who gave me good advice. I'm starting not to believe him. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, In 2002, the gift shop and all its inventory were auctioned. Uh So much amber, so many dolls. (laughs) So many deals. (laughs) So Jan was like, look, that inventory is like worth uh, $3.6 million. Um, So when you put it into retail sales, you can make $5 million off of all the garbage in this store. Sure. But it didn't. the The Fed sold everything for ten cents on the dollar. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jan, that's going to cut into profits. Jan every was like, time. "I could have used all that money. Like, if you'd actually sold you it, let me sell it. I if could. you put it on QVC, I could have paid restitution." <laughs> and like, ugh, what restitution here? So, according to bankruptcy court records, ninety four claims totaling twelve point five million dollars were filed against Jan. Ooh. So he never could have paid him anyway. Never. Yeah. Um, in that ninety four were. Dozens of individual creditors. So that's what we're talking about, like the non-credit. Some couples um, who were investors. Some of them had put in more than $200,000. And a bunch of the claims added in the comment plus interest. (laughs) So they're like trying to get everything. (laughs) Remember how I said the promissory notes he sold were unsecured? Oh, yeah. That's not good, Bob. No. Uh, It's not how we do it over here. No. That meant that the investors go last when the proceeds of the bankruptcy are distributed to the creditors. Uh Um, it was the assumption that by the time everyone else got fed on this, the cupboard would be, would be bare. Yeah, that's my assumption, too. Yeah. It's pretty tragic when you hear their stories. They idolized Jan, and they trusted him implicitly. Uh, they'd travel with him, mm-hmm. uh, and here he betrays them. Yeah. Uh, what really got a lot of them is that he never really owned what he did. Like, he blamed he bad advice. Mm-hmm. He blamed being an immigrant. He blamed capitalism. And thus, he didn't apologize or admit his guilt. Yeah. I mean, he apologizes later, but it's always with, like, a, an attachment. Oh, you know? okay. Um, and he always said that he'd been robbed of a chance to make it right. <laughs> like, no, you just, everything. You have that, it right now. You didn't give me a chance. Right now. You see how you're talking to me right now about it? <laughs> exactly. But it wasn't just bankruptcy court for Jan. He went to federal court, too. Oh, snap. What for? In 2003, he pleaded guilty to 57 counts of securities fraud. That's a lot. That's a lot of counts. That's a lot. And uh, sale of unregistered securities, racketeering, theft. Yeah, they just piled them up. The polysyllabic charges. Right? Yeah, you're coming on those. That's tough. Federal prosecutors said he bilked people in 22 states Mm -hmm. out of about $5 million. That's $87,000 from two investors in Delaware. And then uh, two hundred thirty-six thousand, uh, f- like from about forty-seven Pennsylvania investors, uh, six hundred and fifty thousand from about forty New Jersey investors, um, 
And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to plead guilty. I did not know you couldn't do this in America. Communism. What? Capitalism. In, a, what? in Soviet Union. <laughs> so uh, Jan is like, okay, I'm going to plead guilty. They're only going to give me a two-year sentence, maybe house arrest. You know, let's finesse it. I, Does he have you know good what? lawyers? Back up. I'm the Polka King. Yeah, you're talking to the Polka King here, yeah, maybe. So Jan gets sentenced to five years and 11 months in federal prison. Ooh. He did try to apologize. He said, quote, I'm not, hide- did. I'm not hiding anything. I'm deeply sorry for what happened. I'm sorry for my family. I'm sorry for the people that lost the money and the people who believe in me. Sorry for my family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry this all happened. Yeah. I'm sorry so I have to go to prison. Jan starts his sentence at Delaware Correctional Center in Smyrna, Delaware, by what? Writing his autobiography. Oh, of course. It's called Two Suitcases Full of Dreams. Is it? Is it really? No, it really is. Oh, my God. That's his autobiography. It sounds like an Elizabeth title, though. Two Suitcases Full of Dreams. <laughs> Just a kid, but two suitcases Darren, full of dreams. we have a book. Drink. <laughs> So a documentary called The Man Who Would Be Polka King Get out. was made in 2007. Yes. I had a horse of a time trying to find it, and I came up empty. Oh. Um, that is not a call for people to send me a link or tell me I didn't try hard enough. <laughs> it's over. I'm like a shark, baby. I keep swimming. Keep moving. Keep moving. Is it, is it like a European documentary? No. Merkin. Merkin. Yeah. Huh. I'm, a, I'm like a shark, and I'm also like a goldfish, and then I instantly forget what I've just been told or said. Huh. So anyway, I don't care. I don't care if you find the, you know, it's probably like on you know Netflix sh- and I didn't you, see it. Whatever. You know who you should have asked who's a resource for this? Producer Dave. I bet he's seen it. I know. Producer Dave, have you seen it? I have seen it. It was See, look good. at that. I'll interview you about it later for absolutely no reason. <laughs> anyway. So you, you, re- you <laughs> recommend it? the crap out of it. <laughs> Boom. You like aggressively quote. watched it? <laughs> yeah. uh, so here's the crazy part. More so than a crapless documentary? Uh, totally. Uh, Jan almost lost his life in prison, but he's sure that's what saved his life. Wait, he huh? got shanked? Check it out. Uh, the other inmates in prison thought Jan was a child molester. Oh, damn. I have no idea why. He <laughs> says, quote, look at me. I'm a softy, an old white foreign guy. I wasn't like the other prisoners. They thought I was a molester. Like, if you but say usually, so, pal. From what I understand, usually they can ask around and the guards will kind of let it be known what you are in I there think for. So. so. Well, so his cellmate thought he had to dispense some justice. Oh. Now, by the way, have you heard of Steve Sanderson? Steve Sanderson? No. no uh-uh. He killed his cellmate in 2015 for being a child molester. Okay. And in court at his sentencing for the murder, uh-huh. he had to address the judge. And this is what he said, quote, people think I'm some kind of hero when I'm actually not. I just did what I thought was best at the time I was given. I've been getting these emails saying that, you know, it's not my position to judge anybody. I want to make it quite clear that I didn't judge him. I know God is the only judge we have. I just set the appointment up. <laughs> He's like, God works through me. I, <laughs> I held the knife for God. I just thought I'd God. share that. I just thought I'd share that if we're on the topic yeah. of like, God's like Shiv cellmates him, and I attacking said, of course. child molesters, which, you know, okay. Go for it. Mysterious ways and um, all. That guy, though, Jeez. who got killed, he had actually been convicted of child molestation. Sure, I'm guessing so, that. So, you know, good appointment set there. Um, Jan, he was just a white-collar criminal who happened to sound like Lawrence Welk. Mm. I don't know that what that means. That can be tough on how you're going to be perceived <laughs> in prison. So Jan's cellmate heard a rumor about him and thought he'd be a hero if he set up his appointment for Jan to meet his maker. Mm-hmm. So he slashed Jan's throat from ear to ear with a shiv. Oh, God, the Colombian necktie? Uh-huh. This is what Jan said later, quote, but the good news is in the hospital, they found I had two blocked arteries, which would have killed me. Jail saved my neck by almost severing it. 
Oh, God. So yeah. he's one of those guys who gets, like, stabbed and they find cancer. Totally. Totally. Okay. So he was able to have surgery on the blocked arteries while he's in prison. Good, good. I'm know? glad we have that. Yeah, exactly. And then while he's in prison getting that old Colombian necktie, mm-hmm. Rhonda, remember her? Yeah. The dethroned Mrs. Pennsylvania. Yes. <laughs> she divorced him. No. She always yeah. seemed like such a class act. This is what she said. Quote, everyone here has made a mistake. Everyone has just problems and borrowed money or put something on a credit card. This was just on a bigger scale. It's over. Wow. Yeah. And then she eventually remarried. No. Shocked. Her blushing groom. <laughs> yes. Steve Save, the uh, trumpet player who was driving the van the night of the deadly tour crash. Wow. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Yeah, I she, thought it was going to be like a local car dealership guy. No, she pulled from the B team. She's like, yeah. come on up. She's like, huh. So Jan, he gets out of uh, prison in 2009. Right. He said, quote, I have paid my time. Now I pay off the restitution. I hope to give Polka a shot in the arm. <laughs> He's going to give Polka a slice in the neck. What do you think a shot in the arm for Polka looks like? Um, I don't know, but it sounds loud. He has like a well, real heavy tuba sound. Jan picked up a new musical genre in prison. Uh-huh. Rap. No! Rap, rap, rapping. R- this is what he said. I know, you're just like... Go on. <laughs> like ready I'll, to twist I'll, into I'll the grit ceiling. my teeth. Go on. He said, quote, they can be paired together easily. In a song, you have a chorus that just repeats same words, but if you add rap to polka, you can replace the chorus and move the story along, developing it more. Is he, what is he listening to? <laughs> Want to hear some fresh... Slick Rick. That's what he's listening <laughs> to. Develop the story. Come on. Want to hear some fresh dope beats? Yeah, Aaron? I do. I'm here. I'll read it out instead of rap. Wrapping it in a broken no, Polish accent. No, wrap it in a broken Polish accent. <laughs> no, no. Come tried with tribulation, but I stay in meditation. Overcome my situation. You can say I did it all. They wanted to see me fall. I've been locked behind the walls, but I'm still standing tall. I've done lived La Vida Loca, but now I'm wrapping polka. Wait a minute. How long has this dude been ghostwriting for Drake? <laughs> I want to scream. I recognize these bars. No, it's like he did like a Sunny D commercial in the I 90s. It's terrible. It's the worst. Come tried with tribulation, but I stay in meditation. I just want to rap. I just want to rap and a rap, rap, rap. That's good. That That's is good a solid. It's a banger. Whew, that song slaps. I You have to hear him do it, though. No, I don't. He's like, he's free. <laughs> he's freestyling. You can say that, but no, like I don't. Like in the old Eminem movie. He's spitting it. Can you imagine having like a rap battle deep oh, like in the cut? He's just... I would pay for that Sweaty, on pay-per-view. Sitting there spitting in somebody's face. <laughs> January 2018. Yes, of course. A movie about Jan came out. Oh. It's called Polka King, and it stars Jack Black. Yak Black. Really? Jan has a framed note. Is it good? I haven't even I heard would, of this. I, I purposely didn't watch it because I wanted to run all, only off of news sources. Oh, and I didn't want, want that to like taint my what I'm hearing about this. But so Jan has a framed note from Jack Black that reads, You are my Polish brother. <laughs> And Jan says the movie is 90% true. What's the 10%? I'm curious know. about that. I don't know. So the money that Jan makes from performing, like he still performs and not just rap. Oh, yeah. Um, the money he gets from the book, which who knows, and from the movie, that all goes to pay restitution to his victims. Uh, there's a great CNBC podcast, American Greed, that has an episode about him called The Polka King Con. They speak to relatives of his victims, and it's just so sad. I bet. Um, and they felt that the movie glorified him. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, they're like, it's not funny. Make him a full hero kind of. They're, it's not funny. All these people lost their their whole savings. And then here I am trying to be funny about it. Um, anyway, 
Jan, though, hopes the movie will lead to a comeback. Mm -hmm. He said, Jack Black put me in the picture again. I'm in talks to perform in Atlantic City and Vegas. (laughs) I'm back on top, baby. The Polka King (laughs) is back on top. It's going to open for Tenacious D. In (laughs) September 2018, Jan went on a two-week farewell tour through Poland. Mm -hmm. He scored a private audience with the Cardinal of Krakow, who served as now Saint Pope John Paul II's secretary for all the years he was Pope. And that Cardinal of Krakow is considered a firsthand relic. Did, I did not know that they'd canonized John Paul too. Yeah, I don't didn't know. It's new to me. So you know, Cardinal of Krakow, mm-hmm. because he was uh, Pope John Paul Giovanni Paolo II's secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, he is considered a first-hand relic. Wait, he himself, because uh-huh. he spent so much time with him, he's yeah. a walking relic? he's a walking relic. Let's steal him. Yes, yes. we can make a lot of money in Ireland totally. off of him. I know all about this. Yes. I learned it from you. <laughs> yeah, I learned it by watching you. Uh, Jan also got a private meeting with, again, Lekwalesa. Okay. A Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah, labor leader. Jan, poet. Jan's still alive and kicking. Okay. And Mostly he, kicking. Yeah, he lives in Florida with some friends. You know who he lives with? I think he lives with the videographer family. Does he really? Yeah. Long live the Polka King, I suppose. Dude. What's your ridiculous takeaway? (laughs) That out there, there is somebody who can say, I got taken for a ride by the Polka King, and all I got was this sash for Mrs. Pennsylvania. Excellent. I like that. All right, that's mine. That's good. And And that, yeah. Yeah. That wraps it up. There we go. We're done. That's it. You can find us online at ridiculousprime.com. There's merch there sometimes, sometimes magical things. Uh, we're also at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter and Instagram, threads, and I don't know what else. Uh, don't email ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Do leave a talk back on the iHeart app. They just keep getting better and better. Very good. Maybe we'll get more rap. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth loves the rap. I do. Goodbye. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett, produced and edited by Dave Kustin, the dancehall dictator. Research is by Marissa Brown, the crunk czar, and Andrea Song Charpentier, the rockabilly ruler. The theme song is by Thomas Lee, the prog rock prince, and Travis Dutton, the ska sultan. Executive producers are Ben Bolin, the blues baron, and Noel Brown, the mariachi monarch. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 